0: We can't be contained because this spring at Nine West, we are infinite. Buy now and get 15% off with code podcast 24.
1: Your body is unique. So why would you settle for a weight loss plan that's one size fits all? Noom is the weight management program that takes into account your biology to build a custom plan just for you. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
0: The Cut. The Cut. The
2: Cut. The Cut. The Cut. The Cut. We've been cooped up for so long now. There's this desperate need to know when we'll be out. What is 2021 going to look like? When will this be over? I feel like every conversation I have starts to veer into this speculative territory, even if you know that the future is unknowable. Which is to say, if you're someone like my colleague, Sangeeta,
3: I'm really, really, really fascinated by all things occult and supernatural and fantasy. I don't believe in any of it, but I think it's very fascinating.
2: Sangeeta Singh Kurtz is not a superstitious person, or a religious person, or really woo-woo in any way.
3: A lot of my friends, they're into taro. I'm friends with witches. They fully believe in all of this stuff, and I think it's awesome, but it just doesn't click with my psyche. I was thinking before we talked, like, why do I have this aversion to, like, the supernatural?
2: Sangeeta never bought into spiritual stuff. In fact, she resented it.
3: It goes back to, like, I had a complicated relationship with religion growing up. My sister and I were the only Sikh people in any of our schools, and it's a very sort of like visible religion. So like the men wear turbans over their unshorn hair and then the women, some of them also wear turbans, but generally they just grow their hair long. So between like having extremely like sit on it, catch it in lockers, the longest fucking hair in the world, like down to my ankles, like it was not convenient. It was difficult to hide. Like. And you want to do at that age, like you want to do anything you can to fit in and be normal. And like the jig was up because like my name is Sangita, you know, like obviously. And in a way I started to like reject anything that wasn't tangible. Like God or any supernatural thing. Like it just same with any sort of like divination or tarot or like evil eyes or palm reading. And I was just, I wanted to reject it all. And I have grown to reject it all.
2: But Sangeeta is currently at a crossroads in her life and is ready for some divine perspective.
3: So I'm going with my boyfriend to LA. We got a one-way ticket. We're gonna stay there for a couple months uh, with family basically to avoid like paying rent in New York. But one thing that we've talked about is moving to LA permanently. And I'm like, am I gonna leave New York for good? Am I going to change career paths? Am I going to pursue other things that I'm interested around screenwriting and novel writing?
2: My mom always told me that life has three pillars supporting it. Who you love, where you live, and what you do. Sangeeta has had all three pillars on really solid ground for a while. job, long-term relationship, and a life in New York City. But suddenly she was questioning all three.
3: If I should, like, marry this person that I've been with him for, like, four years, I'm only 25, like, what the fuck? Everyone who gets married at 25 gets divorced. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it feels like a critical juncture where I would like some insight as to whether or not, like, I'm gonna fuck up my life.
2: And so I thought, what if we try a fun experiment? For this episode the day after election day, which we do not know how it will or won't turn out, Sangeeta volunteered to finally give the occult a try, to get her fortune told and learn what the future holds for her job, her partnership, and her move from three different tarot readers.
4: I have my kitchen table here where my tarot cards are. So I do have different decks.
5: I'm gonna pull 10 cards.
2: These were three really different approaches to the future. How much we want to know about it, how much we can know about it, how much we can change it. And as I was listening to Sangeeta's readings, I was just like, damn, these are kind of intense. I don't know. I mean, there was a lot. That was a lot. Is a lot, right? I want to apologize for like, because I don't know if you like w- really wanted all of that.
3: Oh my God. No, I definitely didn't. I definitely didn't. <laughs> Especially Avery, what I realized was that like doing this when you are making really big life changes, some of it sort of stuck in my head.
2: And let me just make this clear. This was all my idea. I thought tarot would be fun for Sangita because I don't know, I have a pack of tarot cards and I've just found it one of the more approachable forms of divination because tarot doesn't say you are this way. It doesn't prescribe you a sign in the stars or look at the lines on your hand. It's analyzing a deck of 78 cards, and each tarot card has a unique meaning and an image on it and can be interpreted a number of different ways. It's very much a subjective art. So this is why I wanted to see how three different tarot readers would interpret Sangeeta's questions. And after each reading, I interviewed each of the tarot readers about their philosophies around predicting the future. And of course I followed up with Sangeeta. How does it feel to know the future? Do you do you feel like you know the future and how does it feel to know the future? Oh
3: man. Um Do you want me to talk about like the differences between the tarot readers? Um because they were all very different. Like the first one, it felt more therapeutic than I guess mystical, which Maybe that's not what tarot is. I came in with the biases of what I thought it was based on seeing it in movies.
4: My reading with Sangeeta wasn't very cinematic because I didn't make it cinematic.
3: This is
2: Tarot Reader 1, Jessica Laniato, a psychic based in Oakland.
3: Um, I guess this is sort of career and personal, but the question is, should I move to L.A.? And will I find different career opportunities there? Great
4: question. Great question. Wrong question. Wrong question. Excellent. Great start for us. Um, So the problem with the should, should is predicated on this idea that there's a right or a wrong Mm -hmm. and that you're supposed to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. I no longer allow my clients to ask a question without my support because most people, most of the time, are not asking the right question. So I ask my client to say out loud what their question is, And then I say, okay, but what you really mean is X, right? So let's reframe this question so that you get the answer you're actually seeking.
2: So should I move to LA is the wrong question.
4: The way I frame the question for, just for your own edification is if you move to LA, will it bring you the kind of career opportunities that will allow you to blossom in the way you want to? Mm. It's a very enthusiastic yes. Yes, it will. What's the next question you have for me?
3: Um, I want to know, is my boyfriend the right person for me? Like, basically, is he the person that I'm going to spend my life with?
4: Why is that something you need to... Why are you wondering about that? Are you happy now?
3: Yes, I'm happy now. Um, My
4: take on it is this. You've already decided if you move, you're moving with him, right? Am I right? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the decision's been made, first of all. So let me just start with that. Because all you're doing is you're engaging that part of you that is compulsively looking at, did I fail? Did I fail? Did I fail? Did I fail? fail?" Now you're going to ask a psychic about it. Terrible fucking idea. I think prediction is a tricky, sticky enterprise. And I will often point people away from prediction because if I tell you, no, you're not going to fall in love, You'll, you, you are not going to be partnered. How's that going to help you? It's going to ruin your damn life. It's going to ruin your day. It's going to make you scared. It's going to bring all of these negative thoughts and emotions. Can you tell me when I'm going to die? How's that going to help you live your life? What can you do about it? If I answered the questions you asked, you wouldn't get a very good reading. Because <laughs> nobody asks the right question. Just so you know, it's not just you. Nobody asks the right question. Nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to make a mistake in their lives that will harm them. No one wants to be unhappy. No one wants to be lonely. And every single thing anyone has ever asked me, and people have asked me some banana, nut and banana salad questions over the course of time. Every single question anyone's ever asked me has ultimately been, if I do X, will I be happy? If I get X, will I be happy? If I don't get X, will I be ha- unhappy? That's it. The only reason why we want things is because we believe that having those things will make us happy.
3: She kind of told me off for like having a scarcity mindset and the questions I was asking being like very fear based, which I didn't realize. And she also didn't answer some of my questions, like around whether my relationship would last. And she was like, if, if I do answer these questions, you will not stop thinking about it. And I was like, Okay, like, sure. And then the second reader, I did have those questions answered, and I was like, holy fuck. So do I
6: think that this is going to be a relationship that lasts forever? No. Based on these cards, I would say no. So just straight up, no. Sorry. Oh my (laughs) gosh, I'm a little spooked.
2: Reader number two, Nancy Hayes, is a Bruja based in Colorado.
6: I just told her hey this is what's going on this is what you should watch out for these are things that you should be aware of nancy
3: was the reader who just answered all of my questions and it felt like a really traditional taro experience like as i'd imagined it
6: well no sorry like it's not going to be like the person you end up with for the rest of your life but it is a very important relationship for you for your development so i'm not telling you to like go and dump his ass right now
3: yeah is she right is my boyfriend gonna break up with me (laughs) I thought that if I was told those things, that I would be like, fine, because I don't believe in this stuff. But when it's presented as an option, you do start to think about it. It's sort of hard to get it out of your, out of your head.
2: But just because Nancy told Sangeeta a prediction of the future, that still isn't necessarily the future.
6: At the end of the day, we have to remember, like, we are creatures of free will we have free will. And so if you have free will and I have free will, we're constantly influencing what can happen.
2: Essentially, Nancy is saying we are all Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future, and our actions are making our hands disappear or reappear. Different futures happen or not happen. The answers Sangeeta gets might be different in a month or in a year, depending on what she does.
6: We have a lot of opportunities to either walk down the same path that we always have and continuously do the same things, or we can be someone that chooses, that's enough. I want to do something different. <laughs> I think like that also kind of plays into people getting upset with terror or whatever, thinking that they can make not very good choices for their life and then not suffer the consequences of it or, you know, not be told that, hey, if you keep going down this path, these things are going to happen. A forewarning gives us an opportunity to be forearmed. We have to open ourselves up to wanting to create the changes that we want.
2: Although for Sangeeta, this knowledge mostly just weirded her out.
6: I thought I would just, like, let it
3: roll off, like, water on feathers, but... Yeah, it fucked with me. Definitely fucked with me. <laughs> I was pretty upset, you know, like I've like fuck this. Like I was not looking forward to that third reading yesterday morning.
2: Because reading one taught Sangita that she wasn't asking the right questions. And reading two taught her that she maybe didn't want to know the answers. But then the third tarot reading was a bit of a curveball
0: after the break. <laughs> We can't be contained. Because this spring at Nine West, we are infinite. Buy now and get 15% off with code PODCAST24.
1: Most weight loss programs focus on restriction and inflexible routine, which is why most diets fail. But Noom isn't a diet. with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
7: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity— V-A-N-29.com. So, our skeptical
2: heroine, Sankita Sinkerts, was feeling pretty exhausted by this tarot experiment. And then came the final reader.
3: Okay, so the last one, she didn't tell me anything about the future, which...
5: Completely floored me. I think part of the hesitation among a lot of people is the idea of tarot as fortune-telling, and I don't use cards in that way. She
3: wasn't a predictive reader, which I didn't know was a thing.
5: So I'm using them to illustrate ideas.
3: I don't know, dude. I got so emotional in that.
5: Is she Is she a therapist? So I'm Jessica Dore, and... <laughs> I am a, I'm a writer, I'm a social worker.
2: Jessica Dorr, reader three, uses tarot cards almost as a therapeutic tool, as a way to dive into your present or your past.
5: You know, you can pick up a deck of cards and it can be uh, just that, a, a, a deck of cards, you know, pieces of cardstock with images printed on them. You can just look at the pictures like you would look at film or like you would look at a, a, a piece of art and just sort of see what comes up for you in that moment.
3: She would take a card and she would say, does this bring anything up for you? She would sort of explain what XYZ meant, and she would be like, does this land for you?
5: Imagine you're in a museum and you're looking at a piece of art on the wall and you're, what are you feeling? what's sticking out to you what do you notice
3: when i was looking at these cards and i'm looking
5: at the king of wands in the top left hand corner
3: she showed me one card of like the king and it was this guy like chilling in a chair with a crown and a scepter and like a fur stole and he is, like, obviously, like, a wealthy and successful person. But she was like, what I see in this card is how uncomfortable he looks. The thing
5: that I always notice about this illustration is that the king looks very unsettled. That he looks like he's about to jump out of his chair.
3: And I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> like I get that. I get the feeling of getting all of the success that you had been pursuing but then also feeling like you need to fucking do the next thing like
5: tomorrow so you see that and i I think it's i mean i think most of the cards you know uh, around just like what happens if i stop moving what happens if i sit still for a minute how does that feel or like how does that sit with you and what i'm saying
3: yeah i mean what you said about like stopping moving like i can't even imagine doing that i haven't done that since like i don't know I don't think I've ever done that. I'm afraid that if I do that, I think, like, I'll fail. Like, it'll all fall apart. I have been chasing a future version or a future goal of myself literally for years. And I haven't stopped moving or giving myself a chance to, like, reflect on my present successes. Um, it just made me realize more than anything that I need to sign up for therapy and how much of an advantage it would be for me to just, like, confront the sort of issues that I have, things that Jessica lenyaru actually brought up around, like, scarcity and a need for security and and the sort of fear I have around stopping moving, which is something that Jessica Dorr, like, very, very clearly pointed out for me. I mean I definitely told this person that I've never spoken to b- before like things about myself that I I like have never said out loud. It wasn't predictive, but it helped me realize things about the present that I think would be really a lot more useful for my future than getting information about whether or not I'm going to break up with my boyfriend and I don't know. I don't think I need to know those things. I think I need to like deal with issues in the present and then maybe I can start thinking about that stuff I thought that I was going into this and I was going to learn about the future but what she made me realize is that I need to stop fucking thinking about the future that I need to like start being more introspective and doing work on myself the cards like forced me to talk about it which was helpful ultimately
2: I'm relieved that this was ultimately helpful to Sangeeta in some way, because I don't think Sangeeta quite knew what she was signing up for, and I didn't know what I was signing her up for. And then on top of it, like, asking her to broadcast all of this.
3: I was really—there were part, there were times when I was really, like, thinking about what I was told and sort of really buying into it, and then I'd have to catch myself and be like, what are you doing?
2: You know what I mean? Oh, I feel so guilty now. I'm so
3: thank you. Please don't feel guilty. It actually like the fact that my relatives that I that I grew up around these sort of like intense superstitions and in this culture that's very steeped in superstition, I don't want to roll my eyes at that as much. Whereas before I sort of felt like, oh, this is like fucking crazy. But like I don't know anything. Like I really don't know. And um, I knew that before, but I think I I really know that now.
2: So are you going to come back to New York?
3: Oh, my God, Avery, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know anything about the future. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Huge thank you to all three tarot readers for their insight and their time. Jessica Laniato is the host of Ghost of a Podcast, and you can find her work at lovelenato.com. That's Laniato, L-A-N-Y-A-D-O-O. You can book readings with Nancy Hayes at astrologyandangelmediums.com. That's fully spelled out. Jessica Dorr posts and analyzes a tarot card every day on social media, and you can follow her at the Jessica thejessicadorr. B.A. Parker is our lead producer. Edits from Allison Behringer. Special thanks to Karinza Kadinas. And of course, of course, special thanks this week to Sangeeta Singh Kurtz. Thank you so much for sharing your journey to the future and back, Sangeeta. This episode was mixed and scored by Brandon McFarland, who also made our theme music. Our executive producers are Stella Bugby and Nishat Kerwa. I'm Avery Truffleman.
0: Thanks for listening.